0: Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. we your host, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, February 25th. We are just getting done with the NBA Slam Dunk Contest All-Star Weekend. In today's episode, we're going to elaborate on one of the most epic, historic slam dunk contests in the history of slam dunk contests, probably for the bad, worst reasons. We're going to talk a little bit about the magic injury updates and whether or not we would make a crazy move for a player that's disgruntled in Zion Williamson. But before we get into that, Al, I wanted to ask you, first and foremost, What's up? How we doing? How we feeling?
1: What's going on, man? Uh, I'm I'm hanging in there. It's been a rough week so far, but we're here. Magic basketball is back tonight, so I'm excited about that. Um, But it's been a week.
0: (laughs) Dude, a whole entire week of no Orlando Magic basketball. What, what What do you even do on your downtime?
1: It hit me today that we have a month and a half left of basketball. And I'm like, what am I doing between May, or not even May, wish, April... And whatever, let's call a summer league. Like that's two, two months, three months of like a lot of nothing after work.
0: Yeah, at least in the off season, you got got worried about the NBA draft, off season free agency. You are deep diving into that. It's a lot of things to look forward to. But this whole entire week, you got Cole Anthony out in the Bahamas hanging out. Everyone's on vacation, chilling on boats. Meanwhile, we're we're stuck in the real world, working.
1: <laughs> that's it. <laughs> working,
0: working, dealing with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, corporate America stress. Um, So I wanted to ask you out today. We actually we we saw a social media post by um, TNT that I guess Shaquille O'Neal had Tracy McGrady on one of his podcasts and they were having a uh, disagreement in their standards of MVPs and how MVPs are chosen. Exactly. Now, the question was asked, you know, should an MVP only be considered if the team performs at a high level or should players from teams fighting for a playoff spot be considered as well? So I guess the debate what, between Shaquille O'Neal and Tracy McGrady is that Tracy McGrady felt as if he should have won MVP back in 2003 because he was putting up crazy amount of numbers. Uh, they were also, the Magic were, a 6th, seed at that time. And he feels as if him being able to push that team forward and you know, put up the big numbers and also be able to get a playoff spot that he should have won MVP, but instead it was given to Tim Duncan. And he felt that if you were to remove Tim Duncan from that team, you know, they still would have been a playoff team without Tim Duncan. But if you remove Teresa McGrady, then the Orlando Magic wouldn't have been a playoff team. And he felt like he should have been the MVP. What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel as if that's kind of the, the way that the correct way of looking at it when it comes to MVP?
1: So I, I'm actually with T-Mac on this one. Um, when I think of an MVP, if you think of the words, right, most valuable player, that to me means the most valuable guy to any team in the league. So it's become, in recent years, the team with the best record, a top three seed. That's become kind of a standard. Like, OK, well, this guy's putting up, putting up amazing numbers, but their team is in the eighth seed or the ninth seed or not even making the playoffs. So we should not consider them. And I listen to a lot of podcasts that ESPN guys do and, and all the dudes, are the Athletic and things like that. And that's a standard. Like they always look at that, wait, are they one of the top three seeds? Are they one of the top contenders teams? But I agree with T-Mac. Like what if you don't have that star player, the T-Mac example, what if T-Mac gets hurt halfway through that old three season? The magic would have been probably in the bottom of the East, easily. Um, Let's think back to a few years ago when KD left the Warriors, Steph was playing, and he by single-handedly pretty much carried that team to a a playing tournament, a seed. Are you telling me that Stephen Curry doesn't play that season, the Warriors do the same? No. And he was getting triple teamed, all that good stuff. So I agree with T-Mac. It should not be a standard to say, okay, this player's having an amazing season, But he's not winning so let's go ahead and not count him not not consider him to be an mvp i mean think of lebron james again he plays for the lakers so two stars helping him out it's easy to be a top seed team when you have help when you're putting up big numbers but you got help helping you out but imagine how hard it is when you're getting double team triple team every single night and you're still doing it and you're still finding a way to help your team get to the playoffs so i see shaq's point of view but if you ask me, you also got to understand it's an individual award. It's not meant to be a team award. Um, so that's, that's my take. What, what do you think on that?
0: I guess it it's really in, I think that that's the, the reason why there's such a big debate when it comes to MVP, because there's no really exact definition. It's more of um, your individual perception of it. Most valuable player could be, yes, it could be literally the best player in the NBA. But the way that Tracy McGrady views it is most valuable to their their team. So I kind of understand Shaq's point because the way that Shaq explained it is, all right, well, you take him, you, you know, Tim Duncan, yeah, he may have had uh, Manu Ginobili, may have had Tony Parker. You remove them, and in Tracy McGrady, he's trying to explain, like, they, will still, they still have those players, so they will still make the playoffs. But Shaq is like, Nah, because you take away Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili wouldn't be as effective or Tony Parker wouldn't play as great as he does without being able to have a player like Tim Duncan that is, you know, causing a lot of the attention and making those players better. Um, I think that Tracy McGrady, there's a lot of, um, he he believes that he deserved more, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Tracy McGrady really had a bad hand when it comes to the players that he played with, whether it's due to injuries, whether it's due to moves, whatever it is, because you're you you you're talking about one of the best players to ever play the game, but he really didn't make it far. The farthest that he's ever gotten in the postseason was with the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. So I, I get it. He's saying that in that 2003 team, it was really just him. You know, just him is Daryl Armstrong. It's... uh uh, Mike Miller, it's, Was, you know, that's uh, a, the same year that we had Sean Kemp on the team. Uh, it's, it's, I, I get what he's saying at the same time is, you know, it's as the most valuable player, you got to make the players around you better as well.
1: True. The, the thing is, I, I feel like sometimes people, again, some players still have that benefit of the doubt, like Allen Iverson. He never really played with another star. Like imagine if Allen Iverson got a chance to play every night with T-Mac on his team. Automatically, they're going to be the top seed in the East pretty much every single year they play together. And now he's putting up 30 points a game or 28 points a game. The two of them will be considered MVPs every season because that's just, they're going to win and they're going to put up numbers. Kind of like when, again, back to the Warriors days, when KD and Steph played together, it wasn't fair. Like they're going to be a top seed in the West every year. They're going to put up 30 points a night. Just kind of decide, do we give it to Steph or do we give it to, to KD at that point? there are teams in the bottom that are fighting their butts off to just make it to the playoffs. Damian Lillard, as an example. Um, it, so it's hard. So my thing is, I think we have to go back to the days of looking at the MVP as an individual performer, who's making the biggest impact on their team, rather than who's putting up numbers, but also winning. Because again, it, it it's not fair. Again, some guys just don't have that benefit of having a superstar next to them or two or three. Um, so I again I, I can see both sides, but they got to do a better job defining what an MVP is.
0: Yeah, it's Trace McGrady is right to point fingers in in the way that he kind of communicates that I didn't have help; it was just me. And I hear that a lot in the interviews that that he does. At the same time, I feel like you know this was a time in the NBA where there weren't any self-grown super teams. And what I mean by that is, it's not like a whole bunch of people just decided free agency. Hey, I'm going to sign true. here. And we're going to we're going to do it. They were they were done by either homegrown with with the draft, or it mm-hmm. was done by you know trades, etc. And I feel like, especially in that time frame, that's just the way that it was. You're right. That's Allen true. Iverson didn't have a whole lot of help. Vince Carter didn't, didn't have a whole lot of help. Tracy McGrady didn't. You know, Kobe had Shaq, but Shaq, you know, it, it's it's. I feel I really feel bad because a dude deserves his flowers, and I think that especially this week he's been in the media a lot more because he was on the uh, the Bleacher Reports, um, you know, uh, collaboration with versus battle, and had a highlight battle with with Allen Iverson, and you know on TNT everyone was kind of giving him his flowers and whatnot, which is great. But I think that they're still, even as a Hall of Famer, he wishes that he can get more recognition, and I think a lot of that stems from him not being selected in that top 75 um, in the NBA.
1: Yep. I'm going to end it with this. Had him and Vince stayed together, the whole story
0: could be different. Yeah, but in, in Toronto, that would have been a terrible story. Could have
1: been in Orlando. would have been, been a terrible been story. See, they were cousins, right? So I they could talk talk to each other. I get that
0: like, hey. you're <laughs> Vince Carter fan. That would have been a no, terrible man, story. That's
1: talk. one of my, like, what if, the biggest what if moments in my life. It's like, hey, what if those two guys stayed together and stayed healthy? Like, my, at that time, the biggest duo was Shaq and Kobe. No, no doubt about it. That's in the West. In the East, though, Vince and T Mac are full blown like developing together. I'm not saying in Toronto they were cousins. They could have talked to each other and said, "Hey, let's sign with the Raptors an extension for a couple of years." We're gonna to go to Orlando in a couple of years, and then make it known.
0: But that's that's the problem because you have two, you have two ball dominant alpha males. Trace McGrady was dying to get away from Vince Carter as much as he loved him. I know. Besides the fact that they were in a completely different country in Toronto, that dude was ready to have his own team. He was ready to blow up. He was ready to get the same fame and fortune that Vince Carter had. I don't think there's no way they would have been able to do it again. There's no, way.
1: the sad part is that like, in today's NBA, they would have stuck together like oh, and, yeah, and team yeah, up yeah. and recruited guys, but that wasn't the league back then. It was all about I'm gonna do me, I'm gonna put up numbers, and I'm gonna make a name for myself.
0: It's, it's a different time back then, players weren't getting paid the money that they're getting paid now. I'm saying so it's great, it's, it's crazy how, how much the, the NBA has really progressed when you have players like you know. Andrew Wiggins is a name that that pops up and you compare how much money Andrew Wiggins Oof. made compared to like Scotty Bar- Scottie Barnes I mean, Scotty Pippen. Oh yeah. Like Scotty Pippen ridiculous. right now is looking at Andrew Wiggins like you <laughs> bro like if I if I were only to play in the NBA right now in today's NBA.
1: I think Aaron Gordon made more, has made more money than Scotty Pippen.
0: Everyone's made more money. Everyone's been made more money than Scotty Pippen. <laughs> Sad. That's why he's still mad. All right, man. Jumping into um, our first topic, man, the, slam, the NBA Slam Dunk Contest and the Rising Stars Challenge. Um, before we get to the Slam Dunk Contest, let me hear your thoughts about the, um, the Rising Star. How, how impressed were you with, um, we'll, we'll go with uh, Suggs and Coy Anthony first. How impressed were you with their showing?
1: First things first, I'm going to give credit to the NBA. They seem to have fixed the Rising Star Challenge. because So much like, fun. In years past, I would have never watched that game. Like, I didn't care. I would watch some clips afterwards on YouTube, and that's it. This year, I found myself actually wanting to watch the game, and it was fun. Again, coming down to that, to the final basket, who's going to get it? Who's going to win? And thankfully, the games were fun. All of them kind of came down to the, the final bucket. Um, but Jalen sucks, man. That was impressive. This kid put on a show. He he went out there. He he wanted to put on a show. 360, uh, nice passes to Do point. Sick of the backboard dunk. Um, hitting three-pointers. I'm going to see that more of that with the Magic. Um, but it was fun. I kind of wish Cole would have done more. Cole only had, I think, four points in that game that he played, uh, but he had a nice highlight. Um, but he did a great job. I think it, Jalen Sucks think opened some eyes in the NBA that this kid is here. And, again, a rough start to his career, but I, I, I was impressed.
0: How about you? Yeah. I think that we're getting to the point where the game is slowing down for Jalen Suggs. He's starting to feel a little more comfortable, starting to get to know his teammates a little bit more. And it was really fun to see their connection. Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs, they stood out playing together. I mean, the the Suggs and Cole Anthony alley-oop was crazy. I'm laying down. I'm watching it. And the minute that happens, I'm I'm getting hype. I'm jumping. I'm running around. My wife is like, "What? what? Everything okay? I'm like, no. Everything's done okay. We're on the map, baby. And just like the excitement, man. If you're not if you're not watching that and not getting excited, if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what does. Everyone is looking at, you know, Suggs and Coy Anthony at that moment. It's like, "Damn, man, they the magic might have something going." And I think that, you know, that was a really great statement to make because although it was a rising stars challenge, this is this was an an opportunity for them to be able to to market themselves, showcase themselves. And for a player like Cole Anthony that wasn't a part of it last year to be able to see him in that environment, I thought was really fun. And and they did their thing, man. It was it was really exciting to see them um, play well.
1: Yeah, I think anytime that you you can go to an All Star Week and be surrounded by superstars, all of a sudden you come back home thinking, man, like I was with LeBron James, I was out there with all the superstars. I was yeah. good enough to be there. Like you come back with that confidence that you can do yeah. greater things. So now now with that confidence being so high. So I think that was also another highlight for me and and wanting to see those young guys out there is because now they can bring that home and hopefully that will impact their game and say, hey, I'm good enough to be in this league. I'm good enough to be on this team and and be a leader in this team. So let's see if it translates in the last 22 games of the season. But again, for sure, that Friday night was exciting, uh, especially when Jalen sucks again. He he really put on a show.
0: Yep. And then uh, Franz Wagner, (laughs) um, what it's... It's crazy how much people really are sleeping on Franz Wagner, from the commentators to the the amount of um, the amount of time that he played to the the amount of times that he was even past the basketball. Like I felt like he had to create, you know, his, his own work while he was on the floor, and the the commentators couldn't even pronounce his name right or <laughs> confuse him with another player. Um, but for for what you saw, what do you think about Franz?
1: It, I think it's not his style of game. So it yep. reminded me of Summer League.
0: Summer League, exactly. A it's a pickup game.
1: You go Absolutely. up and down and you figure it out on the fly. The moment you tell Franz, go out there, grab the ball, pick and roll, you pass it to our, uh, to the cutters and alley-oop, he'll execute that 100% of the times. Or stay in the corner, but keep an eye and cut and get a layup. The point guard will get it to you. He'll get that done. In this type of games, it's just go up and down and do what you need yeah. to do. That's not his game. Um, but it was kind of weird that the coach kept setting him out at the end of the games. It was a weird rotation. Like the G league kid, I forgot his name, got a lot more run than Franz Wagner did enough for nothing, man. Franz Wagner is the leading scorer uh, out of the rookie class right now by total points, by points per game. And even ESPN put a, one of those, um, one of the things on the screen, one of the overlays saying that he was the second leading scorer out of the rookie class. I'm like, who's number one? show me that's Franz. so why why you guys have him a second so it was just kind of like total disrespect from the rotation to the the way that they would call it saying his name it was just weird but he won the game
0: he won the game unlike unlike jalen suggs he he hit his free throws and and he won the game you know honestly i think that for Franz, he really really doesn't care man he's he's he happy that he's gained the recognition for it um again yeah you mentioned it it's not his style of game of just playing a, a a scrimmage in a sense, Franz has to be exactly. one of the best players to not do the best in scrimmage games, exhibitions game, exhibition mm-hmm. games, um, and he views these these games as as you know I'm 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 really going to go out there and and ball out for the games that do count. So it, I I still think that was really fun for them to to again be out there and and showcase. Um, what well, wasn't as fun to slam dunk contest.
1: I said it that? the
0: the last the last episode. All I asked was that we don't do anything cringy, you know. Let's not embarrass ourselves. I don't think that Cole. Not, let me let me first and foremost say this. I don't think that Cole Anthony embarrassed himself. All right. I don't think that. I think collectively, with the performance is what really makes uh, the NBA slam dunk co- contest just be as bad as it was. One, there was no not one dunk that was considered a fifty. All right. The amount of times that it took for for Jalen Green to be able to get one dunk off and still not even complete it, had to go with something basic, I think threw a lot of people off to where it made an already a mediocre slam dunk contest worse. But really focusing on Cole Anthony, what were your thoughts on at least the creativity? Because we saw him bring out the uh, Tims. The you put on the Timberlands. I think that what I didn't like, or or the part that I'm kind of like cringing a little bit, was the fact that my guy, why did it take us twenty minutes to put our <laughs> tims on? Like we didn't like you've been putting on tims like your whole entire life. You're from New York. Why why is it taking so long for us to be able to put our boots on? Why?
1: So one thing I thought about was why not just simply walk in with the tims already on?
0: Nah, nah. That, that element of surprise, the showmanship.
1: No, I get it, but again, that, if it's gonna was, take you that long. Like, that, but that to was, me, that, that ruined was his dunk. way.
0: That was his way of incorporating his dad. His dad came out with the, True. the, the bag, wearing wearing the the hoodies, his one of Cole Anthony's hoodies, his hoodie suits, and and took out the tins out of the bag. So the showmanship, I get, I get the reason behind that.
1: Which we expected that from from Cole, right? Like we we knew he was gonna put on a show in, in that sense, but unfortunately, like you mentioned, um, it took way too long to execute. The putting on the tims, <laughs> and then the dunk itself. It didn't seem like it was going to be a it, like it was a hard dunk to put, off, hard. to put off. But then he couldn't do it. It took him too many tries also. So then, even though I feel like Jalen Green should have gotten a 42 and he got a 40, like I disagree with that completely. Um, but man, just overall, disappointing. I really had high hopes. We had seen his YouTube um, clips on his dunk contest from high school. I'm like, this kid can fly. Nothing fancy like he was doing what seemed like simple dunks in high school but because he jumped so high and he's so powerful they looked good and i think had he just done that he would have won because nobody nobody threw down a powerful dunk in this contest and no one made it in their first attempt it feels like so if he had just done a 360 windmill if he would have done it between the legs whatever and just finished a strong he would have gotten a 48 49 yeah, 50 it didn't and it
0: didn't seem like it didn't seem like you needed much to win mm-hmm. the Slam Dunk Contest. And I think that that was part that was probably the most disappointing. I will credit Cole Anthony in being the most creative because I felt that at the very least he did something that nobody has done. And mm-hmm. I think that that's part of the hardest part about the Slam Dunk Contest is that it gets to a point that you have you have to be creative to be able to show at least do something that nobody has done before. Mm-hmm. And the amount of the level of difficulty it takes for you to be able to put Tim's on in the <laughs> speed that he put the Tim's on, um, and then like really make a a nice looking dunk with it. And it wasn't like a little tap, and it wasn't a little like it was, he didn't get on the first try, but you know, he still was able to pull it off. I'm not a fan of the Knicks jersey, man. I'll, I'll be honest yeah. with you. The one, the one moment in chance I get it that you're 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 doing it to be able to pay homage to your father i get it that's awesome that's amazing i prefer if you did it in his college jersey yep. has there ever been a college jersey worn for a slam dunk contest i don't think so nope. i don't think so either maybe maybe <laughs> he wasn't able to i don't know i got i gotta do a little research on that but um i wasn't a fan of the fact that he wore nick's jersey i get that it, it's homage to the dad i get that you know you're from new york i get that you're 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 putting on tim's on and And I get all of that. That all, in my mind, makes sense. But as a Magic fan, as someone that cares about the city, as someone that understands the magnitude of being able to see our jersey on the big screen while millions of people are watching this on live TV, I felt like it was a missed opportunity. It was. I honestly did. I honestly did. I was not happy about it at all.
1: That was a big miss for me. And also, why did you go left-handed on that windmill First attempt for the Tim's. I think if he would have gone right-handed, he might have finished in his first try. I know he's a good left-handed dunker, but I, again, I don't understand that. That's your weak hand. Like, why Why go that way?
0: My, so, my, my dog is ambidextrous. He can do it with the left. He can do it with the right. Trying to make it a little harder. I well,
1: get it. I'm starting my petition since now, February 25th, 2022. Jalen Suggs, next year's dunk contest, and he will do better.
0: That's It's all. crazy because the two guys that you and I... um didn't think would make it past the second round not only made it to the second round but obi toppin was was the winner and if we if we can just comment on obi toppin real quick why is it that every single dunk seems so soft like soft
1: dude what what is he 6'10 6'9 this dude was barely getting to the rim I'm like what the hell I, ain't you known to be a powerful dunker like a, a high leaper and here you are, barely gracing the rim, and this dunks.
0: Listen, no. listen, listen, listen. I participated in one slam dunk contest. One. In my whole entire luxurious basketball career, your backyard? I participated in one. No, like a real like a real <laughs> slam dunk. I, still, I think I got the tape still. I got to see that. I probably still have the tape. I got to find it. Like a real- I'm sorry. There's, there's we got to see that
1: on YouTube. It was a I'm high gonna, school yeah.
0: basketball tournament out in Utah. I participated in it. It was after some of our games, and I participated in it. Granted, in this tournament, there wasn't a lot of people that could dunk. I was able to dunk. I wasn't an in-game dunker, but I was able to dunk. I didn't do that great, but <laughs> <laughs> but I am 5'11 and a half. My man is a lot bigger. I expected for at least like make noise with the ramp. I don't. I don't know. I thought that there was there was a lot of. It's a lot of disappointment, man. I, I expected Weak so dunks. much. Like, like you were supposed to come over and and watch the Sam dunk contest with with me and a couple other people. Like we created like a, a, an event. I I feel embarrassed that I brought out I brought out this this nice projector Dude. screen. We got <laughs> we got food. We got the fireplace going. All for 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 that. There's a it's lot of effort. There's a lot of effort put into the same dunk contest for a disappointing showing.
1: It's funny you mentioned that very quickly. So I couldn't make it to, to, to your house that night. So my mother-in-law stayed over. The same mother-in-law that went to the game last week with me. And that wasn't really planned. So we felt bad, kind of leaving her by herself. So we go to my sister's house instead. They're all trying to watch like a U U UFC fight and all these things. And I'm like, listen, guys, it's the dunk contest. Like, I, I'm watching this. So the whole family, my mom, my sister, the whole family is now into it. I'm like, you got to watch this kid from Orlando. Call Anthony. Like, watch. It's worth it. Bro, what a disappointment. Like, everybody kept looking at me like, this is what you made us wait three hours for. Like, they watched the entire Saturday night events waiting for the dunk contest. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Quick stat. Seven out of 25. The first attempt. uh, The first round of dunks. That's how many tries it took. Seven made. In 25 attempts, like that—that's just ridiculous to me. Like I've never seen anything like it.
0: Yeah, it, honestly the bad. the amount the amount of media attention that they got from the slam dunk contest just how bad it was from, you know Stephen A. Smith to to the the amount of comments that, that were said in social media. Collectively, we know that it wasn't it wasn't a good slam dunk contest, and it seems like everyone just went, wants to forget that it even happened.
1: So one thing I heard over the weekend, um, no dunks podcast. Um, they were talking about like, how do you make it better? How do you fix a dunk contest? And a really cool idea that they came across was you offer $1 million to the winner Two, in every rookie contract. It's in writing. If you make all-star weekend, whether it's a rising star uh, game challenge, if you make it to any event in all-star weekend during your rookie contract, and we ask you to join the dunk contest. You cannot say no. Like it's part of your yeah. contract as a rookie.
0: But they're they're doing they're doing that because we haven't seen Zion in the slam dunk contest. Exactly. LeBron James, Jean Morant, like that. That's why that's why they're that's the primary target in the reasoning. Um, I think that they I, I believe there's a there is a money incentive to win the slam dunk contest. I don't I don't know the amount, but there definitely is an incentive. My fear with that is that I feel like the slam dunk contest is like the one thing that you don't play around with and you don't change. They've already, you know, tinkered with the, the skills challenge. They did it with the rising stars. They did it with the three point contest, you know, with the Mountain Dew basketballs, the green basketballs that they were shooting. They've, they've already, they've already made adjustments there. The slam dunk contest, my opinion is the one thing that you shouldn't change just out of nostalgia, tradition, all the greats that, that have, you know, done it before. Um, but there, there gets to a point where we were already saying that the slam dunk contest is dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it hasn't been good for a very, very long time. And then in comes Aaron Gordon and, and Zach Levine, and they, you know, blow it out of the Crazy. water, and it becomes literally one of the best slam dunk contests we've ever seen. But now we're we're at the point where, Aaron gordon's pissed off so he's never going to do another one thank you nba zach levine already got his chip so he's fine and it's like who do we have now but you know what after after aaron gordon got robbed twice now you have all these other guys that were considering saying oh man now now let's now it's hype now people want to do it now they won't do it anymore because they don't agree with the judging What's going on,
1: Magic fans? The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking about between the legs 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still take a shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prices with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prices with their first deposit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-889. 9789 in Connecticut call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York call 877 8 and ny or text 467-369 but let me ask you this do you realize that or do you know that Giannis lost a dunk contest A few years ago. In the NBA, yeah, and no one remembers that. So people, the fear of the the young players. What year was this? Ah, they mentioned it on the podcast. I don't remember the year right now. On the same podcast that I'm that I'm listening to, the No Dunks podcast. But my point is, the young generation, the upcoming generation, right now. There you go. The upcoming generation. Their fear is they don't want to embarrass themselves. They don't want to miss a bunch of dunks like Jalen Green did. But at the same time, if you're a good player and you end up averaging 25 points a night, you end up winning a ring, no one's going to care. However, if you put on a show, then you do become Aaron Gordon and you make $80 million in your next contract because you can fly, because you have the branding behind you. You could become the next Vince Carter who put on a show in the dunk contest and then went on to average 26, 27 points a night and became a superstar. So yeah, there's some risks to it. But if you do win it, the marketing behind it, the branding behind it, it's so much higher. And then if you can make a million dollars on top of it, I think the NBA need, just needs big names. Nothing against Cole Anthony and Obi Topping and these dudes. But like you said, Jamorant in there. Throw in there. Jalen Green, I would have put him in there. He had the hype of being a dunker. He disappointed everyone. Scion. Um, you know, LeBron never did it. and He, he kept promising us that he was going to do it. Like, it's that fear of becoming a meme. But again, if you are a good player... No one's going to care. So the NBA has got to fix that because Juan Toscano Anderson should not be the highlight that you wait for at the end of the night. Obi Toppin should not be that person either. Like, it's just you got to fix that because Saturday night, all-star weekend, you think dunk contest every single time. And I I don't know about you, but I really don't care anymore. Like, I'm not looking forward to it anymore.
0: Yeah, just to add real quick in that 2015 slam dunk contest, the contestants were Zach Levine, Victor Oladipo. Mason Plumley and Giannis. Now, one thing that I really did like about the slam dunk contest was how much heat, no pun intended, they were giving Dwayne Wade for his bad <laughs> judging. Like they were just they were just laying it in every single chance that they got. Like literally every opportunity they had, they're throwing a little dig at uh at Dwayne Wade. So that at least at the very least, the commentating was entertaining. At the very least.
1: Don't remind me, bro. Don't I remind know,
0: me. I know. Now, now, a lot of people's concerns was that you know Cole Anthony, um, you know, may have hurt his thumb um, in in the slam dunk contest. So it was nice to see that he didn't hurt himself and he's doing all right. He showed multiple different videos of him moving his thumb. So he he wanted to prove like, hey, I, I know that wasn't a good showing, but I'm okay. I didn't hurt myself in the process.
1: Thankfully, because we all, all magic fans on Twitter were like, really? They're showing you hurt yourself in the process. That would have been the most magic thing to ever happen.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of injuries, we we have some injury updates. We we started hearing a little bit more of an update in regards to Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz. But before we get into that, um, RJ Hampton is expected to return tomorrow versus the Rockets. How good is it for you to be able to, one, see RJ back, and to be able to see that our injury list is starting to grow smaller and smaller?
1: It's a beautiful sight. I don't know about you, but RJ Hampton's a guy that needs to get reps. That's the only way he'll get better. He needs to be on the court. Um, only concerning part is we didn't trade Harris. We didn't trade Ross. So how is he going to get minutes? I don't know. We'll figure it out. But... Find a way, because this kid needs minutes. He needs to be on the court. Uh, I'm excited, man. I mean, even though we're losing, even though we have a ton of young guys, the more young guys I see on the court, the more excited the more exciting it is for me, even though the result might be a loss at the end of the night. But having him back, getting more reps, can only be good things.
0: Yeah, he's got to, he he will only get better um on the floor playing. So it's it's good to see him coming back. <clears throat> now now talking about Markel Foltz. So Markel Foltz continues to be a participant in full contact practice, and Mosley says his return is going to be dependent on how he responds more to these practices. He is not expected to play. He's already been listed for out um, tomorrow against the Rockets. So what are your what are your thoughts on that? We know that this man has been practicing with the Orlando Magic since December. We were told back in January by John Hammond in an interview that said Markel Fultz, he's, he's maybe a couple weeks out. Maybe a little bit longer. We don't know yet. But now we're edging close to March. We still don't see Markel Fultz on the floor. What are your thoughts on that? Is it does Markel Fultz have to be in? Do we expect him to be playing this season? How important is that to you? Does it even matter? We only have that many more games.
1: I think it matters. Again, we talked about this last week or the week before um, a little bit. It matters from the standpoint that you want to see what you have. We know that we have three young guards that are electric, and Cole Anthony, Suggs, and Markel. How do you make it work? What would it look like with these guys playing together? You want to at least have an idea of what, what that may look like, even if it's 10 games, 15 games, just so you know what you have. That's number one. Number two, Markel's a young guy who's missed a lot of games in his career. Much like what we said about RJ Hampton, he needs reps. He's a good player, solid player, but he's not even close to what his his finished product will be. He's still developing and learning the game in the NBA, so he needs to be on the court. Number two. And the number three thing is, man, this kid is healthy. We know it. We all know it. The embarrassing thing is, I mean, to this day, the fan base cannot get a real update. Like what John Hammond said back in January was in an interview in a radio interview that only a few of us that are really diehard Magic fans got to listen to. If you're a casual Magic fan, you have no clue where Markel Fultz is still, or that he was supposed to be back four weeks ago. I think and I don't know what Jeff is. They usually talk to the media once a month, once every three months, something at the deadline for sure. They're not talking to anybody. And it's just kind of weird to me um but to answer your question yes we will see markel we we keep hearing now that he's closer that he's in practice they're finally acknowledging that or the coaching staff is that's different i just cannot comprehend why he's not there tomorrow i think we all expected it to be after the all-star break most magic fans did and the fact that he is not it's just kind of like why what are you waiting for we're playing three home games between now and wednesday Perfect time to slowly bring him in. 10 minutes tomorrow, 15 on Monday. He's at home. I cannot see the reasoning behind it. What are your thoughts
0: on all this? It was weird because when they first initially reported it, you know, first and foremost, it's good to hear that we got some communication from it. Got it from Mosley. Personally, I would prefer if it came from the front office, but we got some type of communication. What I don't like about the communication is that it tends to just sound like talking points and it's the same. It feels like the same talking points that we've been hearing since the last, like it feels like we've been hearing the same talking points that we've heard for the last six months. That's what it feels like. All right. This time it was a little bit different because they used different verbiage. And the verbiage that really stood out to me was Markel Fultz participate in full contact practice, but Fultz is also still working on his conditioning and really on how he responds to the next couple of practice will determine you know, when he will return to the floor. So it it sounds like we know that it, it, it just, at this point, is not injuries. We know it's not injuries. It has to be something more, and that more is conditioning. So I guess in that sense, I get it. It does feel now as if we're a couple games, like literally it could be any day now that we hear, or we see the uh, an adjustment in the injury report. We see that he's questionable. We see that he's ready to play. We get that it's any day now. It's just a little weird that it's not this game. Like, why isn't it like, dude? We haven't played basketball in a week. Exactly. Everyone's on vacation. Like, I'm, what's the difference between this week and next week? Like, I, I just wish, I wish I knew the the criteria. And obviously, we're not anyone to force these teams to say, "Oh, we have to do this," so we have to tell you that. So I, I'm at least grateful that now we're hearing the words conditioning and, and conditioning is the reason why Markel Fultz isn't playing. So at the very least, you know, that's, that's an upside. That's an upgrade.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like you said, he's been practicing with the team since December. That's what we heard, right? That he joined the team in L.A. What's going on? Like three months and still not enough conditioning for, for Markel? Like, again, people have said on Twitter multiple times, it's, it's tanking. You know, you don't want to have Markel come back and maybe start winning some games. You kind of ruin your chances. But like me and you have talked about already, it doesn't matter, man, whether you end up with the first, with the worst record or the third worst. At the end of the day, those lottery balls, the way that the NBA has made it, it's so it's not so bulletproof anymore. Anyone can drop, anyone can go up. So if that is the case, as a fan of the team, man, I'm I'm not really happy with that because Ultimately you are paying Markel Folds. What is it now? $18 million this season?
0: But that's 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 the thing though, Al. It's like the okay, the front office tanks. The coach isn't tanking. Mm-hmm. The players aren't tanking. How are you convincing the coach and how are you convincing Markel Folds? Oh, let's wait a couple more weeks. After that we oh, let's let's see how this happens. Like how there's no way that Markel Folds isn't frustrated. There's just no way. I'm sure this man is itching to get on the floor. I'm sure he's dying to find now you know his his new his new teammates Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz have never played with these guys they've never played with Wendell Carter they they how and that and I think that that's the part that frustrates me the most is okay Jonathan Isaac Jonathan Isaac is still doing non-contact drills <laughs> such as shooting and movement exercises the dude is not practicing yet full contact. So we have 20-some games left, maybe less, right? And we're not going to be able to see Jonathan Isaac play with these guys. So how in the hell are we going into the offseason not knowing how these guys work together and fit? And now we're going to have to make decisions. It just so happens that this is a draft class that played the same positions that Jonathan Isaac play in. How are we going to make that decision? How are we going to say, all right, we're going to draft Chet Holmgren, but you have Jonathan Isaac. But what if we feel comfortable and confident with Jonathan Isaac? Maybe Chet isn't the best option. Maybe Jabari Smith isn't the best option. Maybe Ivy is. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Because what ends up happening is that the Magic front office, they're going to have to make a decision on these front, uh, on these guys, on these young guys. You're not going to be able to play everyone. You're not going to be able to develop everyone. You have to now make the decision on which players fit the best and be able to move forward. And I feel like they won't have that opportunity.
1: So to, to answer your question there, um, J.I. will not play the season. I can nope. I pretty much tattooed out of my arm right now, and I don't think I'll regret it.
0: Would you get a There's tattoo? There's no way. Would you do it? Would you do it?
1: I will not. But I will say, though, I, that's how confident I am, though. That I, I may be willing to. Like, I, I may. But there's no way. Like, if Markel is taking three months of full practice with this team to get back on the court, you're telling me G.I. is going to go from no contact to joining the team in practice to actually playing in two weeks? It's not going to happen. So the weird thing is, man, they, they have said actually multiple times. I was at a season ticket holder event a couple of weeks ago, and the question came up the random topic that, that, that we all know that we want to know, J.I. and Markel. And they confirmed, I'm not going to throw the name of the person that said it, but it's someone from our front, front office that said it. Do it. Mar- J.I. did not suffer a setback. They said it to all of us, people that are they're trying to get us to renew our tickets for next year. They're trying to get our money again for next season. So th- that's their promise. J.I. is fine. He didn't get hurt. Whatever. But how do you explain to me you're missing an entire season? This dude got hurt August of 2020 in the pandemic. He was supposed to be healthy October of 2021, which is the beginning of this season. He has not played all of this season. He probably won't. How do you explain that if it's not a setback? I understand they're saying they're trying to get his legs stronger, make sure that they're ready, his weight, make sure that it's balanced, that he, that he has the proper, whatever they explained that as. I get it. Someone said on Twitter yesterday, is he going to remember how to play basketball when he comes back? This dude has not seen a basketball court in over two years. If you add the injury before the bubble, that's no longer. Two years and a half that this dude has not played in a basketball game. He only played, what, two games before he got hurt again? I don't get it, man. Like, I, only, I completely don't understand it. But my thing is, as a front office, as a team, if you care about your community, your team's fans, you get in front of a camera and you talk about this topic openly. Like, hey, this is what's going on. This is our plan with J.I. We will not see him next season with the hopes that he is back at 1,000% come October 1st of next season. Thank you for your support, but be excited for next year. Bro, I'll clap. I'm, thank you. I'm ready for next year. you, you just bump. I'm spending my money on you. You promised me I help the J.I next year. You promised me a good basketball team next season. But we don't know that.
0: It's it's we I, like I've never seen another team that operates with this level of secrecy. I, 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 I haven't. And I wish I understood the reason behind it. Like it's not like another team is going to steal this information from our from our playbook. We're the worst team <laughs> in the NBA. Exactly. What what information are we hiding? I get the reason why they don't want to put time frames. I get it. They don't want to rush anyone. They want to put their arms around their players and bring them in and make them feel like family and, and make sure that they put them first. I get all that, and nobody has an issue with that. I don't have an issue with that. I just wish we knew. Jonathan Isaac. So if, if right now we're looking at Markel Fultz, Markel Fultz is in full contact practice, so he's not injured because he's in full contact practice. But now we're worried about his conditioning. Jonathan Isaac, who is not doing full contact, we're not even talking about his conditioning yet. So we got X amount of games left. We're not doing full contact yet. So that means if he did transition into full contact, then we have to wait for him to get conditioned. And who knows how long that takes. So it's 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 safe to say, I wouldn't tattoo on my arm, but it's safe to say. <laughs> That no, we're not we're not going to see Jonathan Isaac this season. And no. if we do see it, <sighs> surprise of the year, nah. Surprise at of the point, year.
1: At this point, man, at this point, there's no way. I really believe there's no way. We, the season ends, I think, is April 10th. That's a month and a half from now. That's six weeks. Again, markel has been practicing for two months and more than that, and he's still not back. So I don't I don't see it. And again, that's okay. It is okay if you tell me that to my face and tell me yes, this is why Gi is not back. But tell us something because, like, at this point, we've been waiting for this for the entire season, and it's been rough, man. It's been a lot of losing in there, it's been a lot of negativity about the team, and now we're dealing with our cornerstone, like, really, our cornerstone player in JI that we just, we just don't know where he is. We have no idea
0: <laughs> that, and but that's that's what I understand. Your, your cornerstones are Mark and Jonathan Isaac, and again, you have no idea how they would play. I'm not talking about data. I'm not talking about analytics. I'm talking about using your BDIs eyes to be able to see how these guys play together. Wendell, Chuma, Suggs, Franz, Cole, Markel, J.I., how do they play together? We have no idea. We have no idea. And that, like you
1: said, it's going to make it very interesting. Come June, when you find out you got the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever it may be, draft pick, And now you're picking come draft day. What do you do? Okay, I get it. You get the best player available. I get it. That's what the Magic always do. But how do you make it work? Because this top pick is going to get minutes. The same way that Jalen Suggs getting minutes this season, and so is Franz. They're going to get minutes. But then that means somebody's going to leave. And at this point, if you told me, like, who who should leave? Well, I haven't seen Markell in forever. Like, why should I? Pick him over Cole or Suggs, who are playing? Why should I pick Ji over Jabari Smith and all his potential? So it's creating that kind of doubt even in the fan base. In what move do you make? So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm sure they have a plan. We just don't know what it is.
0: So now, now that that brings me to uh, our number, our number one question. This is a topic that we kind of brought up. We saw that there was a lot of um, a lot of heat coming from out of the All Star weekend where. Uh, CJ McCollum was asked a couple questions about, you know, whether or not he's he's talked to Zion Williamson. And he says that he hasn't, he hasn't talked he hasn't talked to Zion. He's going to get to the bottom of it, but he has yet to talk to Zion Williamson. So that obviously, you know, earthquakes across the national media. You got people talking about, well, he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. He's sending a message. It might be time for New Orleans to make a move and trade Zion. Now, my question to you is. Is that a risk that you are willing to take? Would you, with the amount of young pieces that you have, with the amount of all the picks that you own in the future, with this draft class um, and, and this draft pick gonna be a potentially a high draft pick, would you make a move for a player like a 21-year-old Zion Williamson?
1: Um, good question um me being the gm i would not only because what i've heard uh, what we've all heard is that he wants to be in a big market he wants to be in new york he wants to be in l.a he wants the sneaker money he wants the endorsements pretty much so would that be that's one factor so he doesn't want to be in orlando that's why 2.0 two He's been hurt probably equally as bad as J.I. during his time in the NBA. He showed flashes, amazing, but he can't stay healthy. Three, his weight concerns. This dude has shown that, I don't know what, it, what you want to call it, but his accountability to himself, to being a professional, to being an NBA player, I don't know what you want to call it. He has not shown respect to that to that extent of saying, hey, I gotta, I got to be healthy. I got to eat well. I got to stay conditioned. I'll make him millions of dollars, 21-year-old kid. It might be his age. I don't know what it might be, but he's getting killed by Charles Barkley and Shaq and other NBA analysts because of the same thing. Um, and now we add to the equation being a bad teammate. JJ Redick said it. CJ McCallum, McCallum didn't say that, but he did say, I haven't heard from him, I'll fix it. But it is strange that you acquire a borderline all-star player to come play with you in New Orleans. And you don't have the audacity to say, Hey man, welcome to to the city. Can't wait to join the team as simple as that. So for those four reasons, I think I would pass on it again. Great potential. I just don't think he's the right fit in Orlando in the short term.
0: So I wouldn't do it, but I'd consider it. I'd give it a really long, hard thought. Yes. Yes. My man is overweight and is not currently in the the right state of condition to be able to play, in my opinion, NBA basketball. But the dude is 21 years old, averaging career high of 25, 26 points. At the very least, you know, when healthy, Zion is that dude. Right now, with the team that we have, with the players that we have, we don't know if at ever they'll get to – the height of talent that Zion Williamson has. Mm -hmm. We don't know that potentially they could maybe depending on the player, but we don't know Zion. We at least know, can he stay healthy? We don't know. Should a guy that weighs over 300 pounds and, and be athletic the way that he is jumping out the gym. Do we, do we think that that would really be something that longevity might be great. We don't. We don't know. We don't know. But we know that the dude is a beast. He is a monster among men. Like we know that that's Zion, and at the very least, in the right condition, in the right shape, we know that he would be the face of the franchise. Oh yeah. He, he's he's the LeBron James of like his era. We know that. But the concerns that I would have is you're right. It's it's been known since the very beginning that he wants to be in New York. He wants to play in Madison Square Garden. He's never physically said it, but everyone knows that. At the same time, how do you how do you not risk it? I I believe he has. I let I think the last time I checked, he had what two three years left on his contract. At some it's point, he work. has he has to play basketball. Can't just like not play for the next two years. He has to be able to prove. That he wants to play now now listen i'm gonna be 100 honest i've been to new orleans i would never go back to new orleans <laughs> so if i'm zion williamson i wouldn't want to stay in new orleans either i don't like new orleans there's nothing about new orleans if you, have you been in new orleans i have not you told me about it though and i'm not looking forward to going <laughs> yeah not my vibe <laughs> not, not no. even not even a little bit i no. No, I even stopped listening to Lil Wayne. I don't want <laughs> nothing to do with New Orleans, right? So I, I get that he doesn't want to play there. The news that we've heard from J.J. Redick about him being detached and isn't necessarily the the greatest teammate. I'll I'll be honest with you, it's a little surprising. I mm-hmm. didn't expect that, especially when you're a rookie coming into the NBA, you're expecting that this guy is is doing anything and everything that's asked. And I think that a lot of the issue with him is is. You know, the the voices that he has in mm-hmm. the center circle that's trying to move him out, that obviously has has a big thing to do with it. But, Madal, dog, you're not a free agent. You don't have the choice and the decision to go and decide where you want to play. You wanted to get paid? That's the contract that you got? That's the team that you play for? That's that? You be a professional and you do it. I love the fact that we got to hear from J.J. Redick mm-hmm. and him saying that he addressed it with Zion about him not wanting to play in New Orleans in front of the team. I think that's great. I think that's That's awesome. That's and from and it's even better that it's coming. We're talking about a Duke player that sent it to a Duke player. Yep, you got to respect it. But I I would take. I would take. I would honestly take a look at it. I wouldn't do it, but I would definitely take a look at it. I guess it really all depends on what you would have to give up. Would you give up a an injured Jonathan Isaac for an injured Zion Williamson? Oh, they're and to. whatever, want, whatever, whatever package would make that work in whatever sense
1: they're going to want at the very least. I don't even know three first round picks. They would want Ji. They would want
0: probably a young guard. Is it is it worth is it worth the price?
1: No, that's what I'm saying. It's not because yeah. you don't know what you're getting. And, and it reminds me a little bit of Ben Simmons under contract, getting paid. You can't can't, can't control your destiny. Well, guess what? I'm just not going to play.
0: Yeah, Mental I, health I feel I feel like goal, I feel like. I feel like those players, and, and it's it's probably one of the biggest debates that they've ever had was the inability to decide your freedom and where you're able to play. But that's just that's the way that it, you're getting paid millions of dollars to play basketball. That's the business. It's the way that it is. Can't do anything about it. At the same time, I feel like Ben Simmons would accept anywhere that he was traded to as long as he didn't, say, in Philly. I feel like that's – that's the exact same thing that I'm feeling or I'm getting from Zion. He's the one to accept anything but New Orleans. Just give me so out So you, you know
1: what? A better example for Zion might be James Harden. He literally, got, he literally got fat for the reason of getting out of Houston. Well, guess what? You got, you got traded. In his press conference with the Brooklyn Nets, I came to the team that I wanted to come to, my number one, number one on my list, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward, not even, what, 12 months later, He gets to Philly, he forced his way out to Philly. Oh, this is where I really wanted to be. This is my number one list, my number one destination all along. I went to Brooklyn, I really didn't wanna be there, but now I'm I'm really where I wanna be. So Zion coming to Orlando would be like a gap year in my opinion, where he's gonna play here, say the right things maybe, play well, but then ultimately wanna get traded to New York at some point. So that's why I wouldn't do it. Again, the, the team that he has around him is not helping him by any chance. Um, and it's too bad, man. It's a 21-year-old kid that, that could be dominating the NBA with, with LeBron getting older. The, the NBA needs a new face. John is kind of that face right now. But that could be him easily. But he's choosing to play this card, and let's see where it ends.
0: So I think collectively we, we've decided, and, and and understand that this really isn't about Zion Williamson. This is really about asking is it time to to trade in and get something big in return to really elevate the team that you have now? And I think that right now we can honestly say that it it's a better it's a better route for the Magic to stick stick through the path, draft best player available, find out exactly what fits best, and then whatever you feel like doesn't fit depending on who that is, who the front office decides, then you can utilize those assets to kind of bring in and, and shape the team a little bit better. But at the end of the day, you know, this this is a year that is meant for the team to be able to observe what they have. And eventually they're going to have to make that decision. They're going to have to make a move. They have to. It's, it's at it's at that point. Like we, we honestly don't even have space for vets. We really don't. <laughs> Got to make a decision. They have to. Yep. On that note, man, I, I feel I feel like it's coming. Be on the lookout. Mark Hill back on the floor. Hopefully that's coming sooner rather than later. Um on that note, it's right, man. Appreciate you guys listening. Catch y'all next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone podcast, The Voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando magic news and updates follow us on Twitter at the ozone Pod and on Instagram at OrlandomagicHQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.